Hey, it's Peter. So you're listening to the show, and you're probably shouting out answers or whispering them if you're in a public space or if you're listening to the show on the sly while on a date. Wouldn't it be great if you could shout out answers and we'd respond? Well, if you have a smart speaker, it'll happen. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to open the Wait, Wait quiz, and Bill and I will appear as if by magic, asking questions for you to answer, and Bill will even give you your score at the end. And if you're really good, you could win the ultimate prize. The voice of your choice on your voicemail. It's the next best thing to having us come over to your house. It's even better because we tend to eat a lot. Try the Wait, Wait quiz on your smart speaker. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Let me toss your salad. I'm, <laughs> I'm Bill Samick. Vinaigrette. <laughs> I'm Bill Curtis, and here is your host at the Shakespeare Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Segal. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, everybody. We have a, a wonderful show for you today because we are going to fix Washington. <laughs> By which I mean one of the great disappointments about Washington is that it's nothing like the West Wing. We want the real Washington to have snappy dialogue, the soaring speeches, the perfect comebacks, and then we want it to be canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Well, later in the show, Aaron Sorkin himself, the creator of the West Wing and the social network and the newsroom, will come on to punch up reality itself. But first, we are interested in your snappy dialogue, so give us a call. The number is 1-888-WAIT-WAIT. That's 1-888-924-8924. Eight nine two four. Now let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you are on. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Hi, this is Elizabeth Stevens, and I'm from Gloucester, Massachusetts. Gloucester, hey. I love Gloucester. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do there? I actually am going to be starting a greenhouse management position. Hey, that's Monday. great. Do you have a specialty crop? Uh, no, I actually don't. Although I do really enjoy growing potatoes. Potatoes are a lot of fun. Huh. <laughs> I saw Matt Damon do that I on know, Mars. I hope you don't do it the same way Matt did. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to our show, Elizabeth. Let me introduce you to our panel. First up, it's co-host of the new podcast, One Plus One, and she'll be performing her solo show, Approval Junkie, at the Alliance Theater in Atlanta, April 4th through the 28th. It's Faith Saley. <laughs> Next up, a humorist presenting Storytellers on a Mission with hosts Jordan Carlos plus Tara Clancy and Adam Burke, March 30th at the Latches Theater in Brattleboro, Vermont. It's Tom Baudet. Hello. Hello, Elizabeth. (laughs) And a comedian performing in Charlotte, North Carolina at the Knight Theater on April 13th. She's the host of the podcast Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. I gave it away. It's Paula Poundstone. So, Elizabeth, you're, of course, going to play Who's Bill this time. It's how we start every show. Bill Curtis is going to read you three quotations in the week's news. Your job, as you know, correctly or identify just two of them. Do that. You win our prize, the voice of anyone you may like from our show on your voicemail. Your first quote is a man talking to Republican allies of President Trump. I'm responsible for your silliness because I did the same thing that you're doing now for 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Who is the guy warning Republican members of Congress, don't be like me? Um, well, I'd probably have to go with Michael Cohen on that one. You would have to go with Michael Cohen, but don't go... 
Don't go too far with him, he's heading to jail. <laughs> the completely discredited liar who absolutely should not be trusted spent a whole day on Capitol Hill saying a bunch of things we all completely believe. <laughs> president Trump's former lawyer told the country about how the president was, quote, a racist, a con man, and a cheat, which Michael Cohen just wouldn't stand for, which is why he quit after just 10 years. <laughs> That's appropriate, he's going to jail, and of course 10 years is traditionally the iron bar anniversary. <laughs> now the Republicans just went after him. They yelled at him. They called him a liar and a fraud. They even, and this, I tell you America is true. They held up a big poster with his face and the words, liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> they did that. And as embarrassing as that was, it was better than their earlier draft. Whoever smelt it, dealt it. <laughs> well, there, also, he would hold up that sign that said, I'm rubber, you're glue. Yeah, uh, it was which, devastating, which back and really forth. Which really frustrated them. So, yeah. so this, was, this was interesting. There was, there was somebody who crunched numbers on this. Yeah. And there was a water bottle in front of Michael Cohen on screen with its, which, with its label facing America for yeah. six something hours. It was $650,000 worth of free advertising time. Really? Do you yes. think anybody's I, gonna go out there and say, I'm gonna buy some Dasani. It's the favorite <laughs> brand of Michael Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> really? But, but it kind of makes you wonder how, like this could be monetized. There could mm -hmm. be yeah. some kind, we're all riveted. There we don't even get labels I, on well, our Well, it's called the radio. <laughs> you know, the thing is, I never even noticed the water bottle, nor did I notice the label, and yet, he did look hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> so if I knew what water company it was, I might well gravitate mm -hmm. towards them. I love learning that, uh, that Trump said that the, the person with the worst judgment in the world is Donald Trump Jr. I finally oh. agree with something. God, yeah. Imagine oh. finding out in that way <laughs> what your parents said about you. All right, Elizabeth, your next quote. Oh, how happy. It's the President of the United States. When we walked away, it was a very friendly walk. Mr. Trump surprised everybody <laughs> by walking away in a friendly fashion, of course, from a deal with whom? Um, I guess that would have to be Kim Jong-un. Yes, Kim Jong-un, the dictator of North Korea. So when the president flew to Hanoi for his second summit with Kim Jong-un, people were worried because he was so eager to claim credit for a deal, who knew what he would do? North Korea might get their sanctions lifted, they might continue with a nuclear program and also be given Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> but an amazing thing happened. The president just walked away. Bad deal, he walked away, no deal. It's amazing for a couple of reasons. First, because he walked instead of using a golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> which must have been painful with his bone spurs. <laughs> See, I thought that would Curd, be a bigger Mr. joke. President. I'm glad you used <laughs> it. All right, all right. Um, after his first meeting with Kim, and this is kind of sad on a human level, because after his first meeting with Kim last year, the president said they were, quote, in love. That's true. But Kim had to know this was going to happen with Trump. It always does. You meet the first time, it's magical. There's an adventure, sparks fly, you make plans together. Then the next thing you know, Michael Cohen is writing you a check so you'll go away. <laughs> Here, Elizabeth, is your last quote. I'm an artist, and guess we did a good job. Fooled ya. That was Lady Gaga talking about oh. the, as she says, artificially intimate moment she had with Bradley Cooper, where? Uh, it must be the Oscars. Yes, at the Oscars, that's when it <laughs> happened. 
Now, the Oscar ceremony are usually forgotten as quickly as this year's best picture will be, but people will remember forever where they were when they said, oh my God, their lips are touching. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga did their big song, Shallow, from A Star Is Born, live on stage, and it was so steamy, everybody was wondering, not so much, will they or won't they, but did they just do it live on TV? Yeah, she had uh, marks from the piano strings on her face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it may have happened during the commercial. I, I don't know. Yeah. All we wanted f was for them to cut to Bradley Cooper's girlfriend to see what she was looking like, right? You think? That's the, well, I mean, Oscars is a night of drama. That's what you want to see. Right. Mm -hmm. Like a split screen. Do, do you think... <laughs> Don't you think? I, d I don't know. I mean, these people are actors. They're paid lots of money to pretend to feel things that they do not feel. People know that. I mean, in other news, Tom Cruise has not actually killed people. <laughs> well, except for those guys who tried to leave the church, but they knew what they signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have to say, like, if, if I was watching my wife, yeah. Rita, on stage with Bradley Cooper like that. Yeah. I would think I am so screwed. I am yeah, so screwed. It's done. It's, what I was amazed at is after she won her Oscar for Best Original Song, Lady Gaga was doing the press conference backstage and she said something to the effect of, this was for this ex-boyfriend she had who had told her that she'd never ever be famous. And here we go, you see my music's everywhere and I'm famous and I worked and so there. And all I can think of is like, what kind of relationship did she have? What kind of boyfriend is that? Hey, honey, do you want to order in tonight? And by the way, you'll never be famous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was probably said during a heated fight of some sort. You think so? Yeah. You know, like she said, you know, when you pee outside the toilet, could you clean it up? And he said, you'll never be famous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a, in a weak moment, we do those things. Yeah. Yeah. So also, also, also. Lady Gaga has been famous since she's been about 20. Right. So was this was like her middle school boyfriend? Yeah, she's not over it, it's for like, sure. you'll never be famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, will you, give me the, will you give me the answer to number 20? Yeah. <laughs> no, you'll never be famous. <laughs> Bill, how did Elizabeth do in our quiz? Well, Elizabeth wasn't acting. She got him all right. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye-bye, Elizabeth. <laughs>Right now, panel, it is time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Paula, this week a man in Texas proposed a novel idea for seniors who are considering moving into a retirement home. He calculated they could save a lot of money by doing what instead? Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Can I have a hint? Well, you have to ask the bellboy to bring up all of your belongings. Oh, right, by moving into a hotel. So specifically, a Holiday Inn. <laughs> it's the Holiday Inn theory, although any budget motel would do. Days in, days numbered. <laughs> <laughs> motel six feet under. <laughs> no, we'll the, turn the light off for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
You did? <laughs> End of days in. I just yeah. like, you just, once, once you start, you yeah, can. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they check in, but they don't check out. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and you know, the, the Holiday Inn, it's, al- it's already set up. They got rooms, they got a little dining area, you know, mm-hmm. they got cleaning staff. They won't have to make any changes. We'll just change that door hanger to do not disturb or resuscitate. <laughs> <laughs> When you get down to it, the only difference between this and a nursing home is how quickly they find your body. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that one kills. Yeah. Coming up, our panelists are in a pickle in our Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. With the new Capital One Saver card, you can earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment. That means 4% on checking out that new restaurant everybody's talking about, and 4% on watching your team win at home. Now when you go out, you cash in. You'll also earn 2% cash back at grocery stores and 1% on all other purchases. What's in your wallet? We often think of luck as something random unpredictable. But what if we actually have more control than we think we do? A lot of it has to do with taking tiny risks. It's getting out of your comfort zone. It's paying attention to things that other people don't pay attention to. Ideas on what makes us lucky on the TED Radio Hour from NPR. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. The NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Paula Poundstone, Tom Bodette, and Faith Saley. And here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Segal. Thank you, Bill. Right now, it's time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play our games on the air. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, my name's Amy. I'm calling from Suwannee, Georgia. Suwannee, Georgia. Okay, that's great. And, and what do you do there? I'm an emergency room nurse uh-huh. and a mother of four. Oh, my gosh. Do, do you find being an ER, uh, an ER nurse uh, is helpful in mothering with the scrapes and the bruises and the, uh, and the separate well, limbs? Well, my poor children have to walk around with scrapes and bruises all the time. One kid walked around with appendicitis for three days before I finally sent him to the ER. You know. Really? So, yeah, of Really? Because you're like, there come on, mommy, have a stomachache, and you're like, hey, I've seen worse. I saw somebody you're impaled. Fine. Yeah, absolutely. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> Amy, welcome to the show. You're going to play our game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. Bill, what is Amy's topic? Pickles to the rescue. Some problems can only be solved by a pickle. Most problems, <laughs> alcohol fixes, but not all. This week, we read a story of someone figuratively in a pickle and getting out of it with an actual pickle. Our panelists are going to tell you about it. Pick the one who's telling the truth, and you'll win the wait waiter of your choice on your voicemail. Are you ready to play? Absolutely. All right. First, let's hear from Paula Poundstone. After years of being the last rider over the finish line atop a racehorse, ironically named Last Word, Alexander Favel was on the verge of never riding Last Word again when he stopped by to visit the horse while eating a pickle. 
and discovered that the horse had an extreme reaction to the pickle. Farvel got an idea. He mounted the horse, took him out to the track, and showed him the pickle. Last word took off like a rocket. We've been winning ever since, said Favel. We get on that inside rail, I squeeze the reins in my right hand and the pickle in my left. Then I reach my pickle hand in front of his muzzle and it's equine magic. <laughs> to date, no other horse has reacted to pickles the way last word does. Undaunted, in training sessions, desperate jockeys wave any vegetable they can think of in their horse's face looking for a burst of speed. Eggplants, tubers, Brussels sprouts. So far, nothing. Some horses actually back up when they see kale. The secret to a horse's speed is a pickle. That's from Paula. Your next bit of pickle prose comes from Faith Saley. Estelle Schmidt of Hegelsdorf, Luxembourg, always feared flying. Nothing could get her on a plane except her love for her great-grandfather, Marcel Müller. When Marcel died, all of Hegelsdorf mourned him because for as long as anyone could remember, he had provided the village's most pungent pickles. On his deathbed, he summoned 24-year-old Estelle and asked her to fly to Gibraltar to scatter his ashes. Then he bequeathed her his most beloved pickle. According to legend, this pickle marinates in a brine made with water in which Jesus washed his feet. <laughs> Since Marcel's death, Estelle has carried this pickle constantly. She strokes it by day and returns it to its cloudy water by night to rebrine. She knew that the only way she could fly to Gibraltar was if she were clutching Marcel's pickle in her lap. But passengers on the small plane rioted over its noxious smell, so the Lux Air flight attendant wrenched the green stink bomb from Estelle's hands and put it in the aircraft's mini fridge. Even after being reunited with the pickle upon landing, Estelle sued the airline for mental anguish. This week, the European Court of Justice heard the case. After witnessing Estelle's attachment to what one justice called the holy cucumber, the five judges ruled unanimously in her favor, legally naming it an emotional support pickle. <laughs> Estelle funneled her grateful tears into the jar of juice, declaring, I honor this cornichon with the salt of my joy. <laughs> An emotional support pickle. Your last story of someone hurting for a gherkin comes from Tom Bodette. When a Perth, Australia man, through great fault of his own, managed to glue his own butt to a six-foot wooden bar counter last Friday night, <laughs> he did what any of us would do. He sat there. <laughs> then he posted his predicament on Reddit, which has saved so many lives. <laughs> so I'm kind of sitting here with a slab of jarra attached to my butt cheeks, watching Battlestar Galactica and waiting for the emergency services to return my call. After realizing the only chemicals he owned capable of divorcing his cheeks from his board were tucked away in the garage through a door he couldn't fit through, he turned back to his Reddit feed to find 300 comments, one more useless than the next, until one jumped out at him. OMG, what a pickle. Yes, cried Perth Sticky Butt Man. He'd read somewhere on the Google that the vinegar in pickle juice will break down an epoxy bond and he had a jar of gherkins within his reach. One episode of Battlestar Galactica later, the Perth pickle butt posted that he was free. Saturday morning, the man reported feeling a little tenderness, but not much pain. If anything, my butt feels thoroughly exfoliated. 
<laughs> All right. Here are your choices, Amy, from Paula Poundstone. The horse that would only run fast and can win races, but only with the incentive of a pickle. Faith, a woman makes an emotional journey only with the help of an emotional support pickle. And from Tom Bodet, a man who had accidentally superglued his own butt to a countertop, escaping by using the miracle of pickle juice. Which of these is the real story about a pickle coming to the rescue? Um... I am going to have to go with the pickle butt. All right, then. Your choice is Tom's story about the man in Australia who glued his butt to his countertop. To find out the correct answer, we spoke to a reporter covering the real story. Some bloke in Perth glued himself to a table, and he's fully naked. And he just uses pickle juice, and he stabs it around his, his naked butt. That was a reporter from the Bell Tower Times in Perth, Australia, talking about this home improvement project gone wrong. You were right in the end, because Tom <laughs> told the true story of the heroic uses of pickle. Congratulations, you've earned a point for him. And you have won our prize, the voice of anyone you may choose, telling your children to just calm down. It's nothing. <laughs> Congratulations, and thanks so much for playing. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And now the game where an important person does something completely trivial. It's called Not My Job. So, have you ever said to a friend, you can't handle the truth? Or maybe a million dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? A billion dollars. Well, if you have, first of all, start thinking of your own things to say. <laughs> but secondly, you were quoting Aaron Sorkin, author of A Few Good Men, creator of Sports Night, The West Wing, and The Newsroom, and now the author of To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway, Aaron Sorkin, Welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's great I, to be with you. It's great to be with you. You know, I came in in the middle, and the very first thing I heard was exfoliated his butt with a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> then you're at the right place, What's about sir? to happen to me? Oh. <laughs> um, I, my first question is, I know so many people who are especially fans of The West Wing, the TV show you wrote and created for so many years. Thank you. Who, who are so disappointed in real life because the people <laughs> in real life, especially in politics, are nowhere nearly as smart, interesting, and mostly articulate as they are on your shows. So my first question is, are you just as disappointed as they are? Sure. Yes. Um, uh, I'd I, I go a step further. I mean, I'd say that most... Fifth graders are smarter than <laughs> yes. what we're generally seeing. Um, you did a, one of the things that I was amazed at, given your your talent and your productivity and the awards you've won, is I always assumed that you grew up wanting to be a writer because you're so frankly good at it. But that's not the case, right? When I was uh, uh, in high school, I thought I was going to be an actor. Uh -huh. uh, I was in all the school plays and community theater, and then I went to college and studied acting. And it wasn't until really the day after I graduated from college that I, for the first time, wrote for pleasure and wrote dialogue. And I felt a confidence that I'd never felt with acting, and I was a pretty cocky actor. <laughs> really? What did yeah. you write that day? I started writing A Few Good Men. Wow! Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, my older sister, Debbie, uh, had just graduated from law school, uh, and she went into the Navy Judge Advocate General's Corps, the JAG Corps. 
and she told me a story about this trip she was about to take to Guantanamo Bay. Right. Um, uh, and it became the inspiration for A Few Good Men. Right. I moved to New York after college, and I got a job bartending in Broadway theaters. And uh, I wrote A Few Good Men on cocktail napkins during the first act of La Cage Fall. Oh, I love that! You know, as a bartender in theaters, you, you work during the walk-in, and you work during intermission, but you're not doing anything during the first act. Uh, and there was an unlimited supply of cocktail napkins. I'm just envisioning like this cocktail napkin and on it is, you can't handle, then you turn it over. The truth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Aaron, you're so, of course, known for your, for your dialogue. Does it just come into your brain and you quickly write it down? Like, do you hear the back and forth or is it something that you actually have to conjure? Uh, on a good day, I do, but I don't have many good days. Yeah. I kind of start... Um, pacing around and trying to get into an argument with myself. Uh, and if I can get a good one going, uh, then it starts going down on paper. Like you, out loud? Do you do this out loud? Oh, yes. <laughs> While I was doing the West Wing, um, a, a messenger came to my office with a package from the president of NBC. Right. And in it was a headset that you're supposed to pair to your car phone. And there was a note from the president of NBC saying, I was next to you at a red light today. Please wear this anytime you're driving your car. You look like a madman. <laughs> so, because you were just like shouting at imaginary people in your car. I'm shouting at CJ and Bartlett and Sam. Everybody's fighting in my car. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and so the idea was if you just wear a headset, you will at least look like you're shouting at a real person. At least it looks like I'm being mean to somebody. Okay. You know? Hey, Aaron, one of the questions on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me was about you one time. There was a story really? where you were working on dialogue, I guess, at your house, and didn't you accidentally hit your head on like a... I broke my nose writing. Yeah. 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 I, you're right. I had forgotten well, that. Let me just say you're holding the pen I wrong. did. Yeah. I, I was writing an early episode of the newsroom, um, and I got up in the middle of the night because I, I had an idea just, just for a sort of a classic comic beat where Jeff Daniels was going to lunge at one of the staffers and two staffers were going to hold him back in one of these, you know, I'm going to get you kind of moments. And I was really excited about it. It was going well. Um, and I, I happened to be kind of acting into the mirror and I lunged as Jeff Daniels would, but there was no one there to hold me back. So I smashed right into the bathroom mirror. Right. And there oh, jeez. Did, did you go to the emergency room? And if so, what did you tell them? I, I called that friend that you have that you can call at midnight when you've broken your nose writing. Um, and she came over and she took one look at me and said, you know, we have to go to the emergency room. And I said, okay, but just read this scene because I think it's pretty good. Yes. <laughs> well, Aaron Sorkin, it is an honor, actually, for us to talk to you. But we've asked you here to play a game we're calling Welcome to the Hot Wing. You... <laughs> Famously, created the West Wing. So we're going to ask you about hot wings, the delicious American <laughs> staple foodstuff grown on the great wing farms of the American Midwest. Answer yeah. two or three questions. You win our prize, one of our listeners, the voice of anyone they might like from our show. Bill, who is Aaron Sorkin playing for? John Chaplin of St. Petersburg, Florida. All right. You ready to play? Okay, John of St. Petersburg. Here we go. Here we go. First question. Wings have been the, at the center of some surprising legal battles, including which of these? A, a man convicted of assault with a deadly weapon was released after judges agreed a hot wing was not deadly. 
be a law in Colorado that declared from henceforth chicken wings will be considered sandwiches, <laughs> or C, a lawsuit between two restaurants in El Paso, Texas, over who owned their common name, the Lord of the Wings. Okay. Uh, the first two, A and B, are certainly the funniest, but the answer's got to be C. I, I'm somewhat disappointed that you oh, didn't no. find the last one funny. <laughs> oh, I did find the last one funny. But, but because the, the real one was B, actually. No. In Colorado, there's a law that certain kind of bars can't sell liquor unless they also have sandwiches. And so oh. in order to relieve certain bars from a problem, chicken wings are sandwiches in Colorado. Okay. You still have St. Petersburg. I'm sorry. I'll try to do better on the All right. Hand. Next question. Chicken wing aficionados will go to great lengths to show their love for the food as in which of these? A, a jewelry company in Los Angeles sells earrings made of discarded chicken wing bones. B, a man in Tennessee created the first ever wing pit, just like a ball pit, but you jump in and bounce on the chicken wings. Or C, a Virginia man used two cups of wing sauce to go out in wing face last Halloween. Okay, um, I'm gonna say C. You're gonna say C. C, yeah, wing face. It was, in fact, A. You know, you should know this. You live in L.A. Of course, somebody would make jewelry out yeah, of chicken. Yeah, you know, even as I was saying it, yeah. I thought, yes, definitely somebody's making earrings out of chicken wings. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give the third one everything I've got. All right. This is sort of like the position Cohen was in. What do you mean? Well, it's one... nothing like the position Cohen was in. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that the, the, you know, the die has been cast, but he's going to try one more time. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is brutal. It is. You, in 2014, okay. here we go. In 2014, Philadelphia's 22nd annual Buffalo Wing Eating Contest was won by 125-pound Molly Schuyler. She ate a record-shattering 363 wings. Yay for her. But the question is, how did she celebrate her win the following day? Did she A, drive to the Des Moines Blue Ribbon Bacon Festival and eat five pounds of bacon in three minutes? B, celebrate with a free meal at IHOP, which she won by eating 59 pancakes in one sitting? Or C, to go to Jethro's BBQ in Iowa and eat a sandwich with pork tenderloin, chicken tenders, white cheddar sauce, fried cheese curds, applewood smoked bacon, and a pound of french fries in just... 15 minutes. Wow. Which of those did she do? Um, I honestly have no idea how someone who only weighs 125 really? pounds ate over 300 chicken wings. It's pretty bizarre. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say, A, that she ate a ton of bacon. You're right, but she also yes. did the other I mean, two. Yes. She did all <laughs> three wow. things. Bill, how did Aaron Sorkin do in our quiz? Aaron, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> I know. Aaron Sorkin is the creator of the West Wing Sports Night and the Newsroom. His play, To Kill a Mockingbird, is on Broadway now. Please see it if you have the opportunity. Aaron Sorkin, an absolute Thank honor you. Thank you very to talk very to much. you. Bye. Thank you for Thank all you your great you. work. Bye, Aaron Sorkin. Bye-bye, Karen. Bye. In just a minute, they're always after me lucky charms in our listener limerick challenge. Call one triple eight wait wait to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait Wait Don't Tell Me from NPR.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from the Walton Family Foundation, where opportunity takes root. More information is available at waltonfamilyfoundation.org. In the Trump era, the news moves faster than ever, and the NPR Politics Podcast is there to keep you informed. Every time there's a major political story, we get our best correspondents together to sort through the noise. The NPR Politics Podcast, what you need to know right after it happens. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Tom Bodette, Faith Saley, and Paula Poundstone. And here again is your host at the Chase Bank in downtown Chicago, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, everybody. In just a minute. Bill knows rhyme wasn't built in a day in our listener limerick challenge game. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one triple eight. Wait, wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. Right now, panel, some more questions for you from the week's news. Faith, everybody worries about their food being raised humanely. So one company wants you to know their chickens were given organic food, plenty of room to exercise, and each of them was given a what? Oh, um, something like a massage? No. Something, something for their well-being? Something that helps you understand how well they're doing. Uh, like a Fitbit. A uh, mu- Fitbit. What? Yes. Wow. <laughs> a company in China has developed a high-tech GPS-enabled tracking device that can count a chicken's steps so you know how active it was in its lifetime before you eat it. <laughs> It also lets you read the chicken's resume. Oh, I see the, chi- see the chicken got its MFA. Good for her. <laughs> Apparently, 100,000 chickens have already been outfitted with this technology. It tracks its steps, what it eats. The chickens love it. They've never felt more sexy and empowered in their own bodies. Do Some- they share on social media? Oh, yeah, all yeah, the time. They're the- constantly posting. Some chickens have been cheating, though, and they've been cutting their own heads off so they could run around and get their steps in. <laughs> So this answers the question, why did the chicken cross the road? Right, to get it more steps. It's to get it 10,000 exactly. steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Tom, we've had movies based on Transformers and Legos and Barbies. Well, MGM has announced they're developing what toy into a movie? Silly Putty would be a silly movie. That's um, true, although I'm sure it's been done. Yeah. Um, well, I'll give you a hint. And I guess if they do this correctly, in order to see the movie, you'll actually hold, have to hold one up and just press a button for every frame. Oh, my God. The, the, what was that called? The viewfinder. No. The, the You're so close. Viewmaster. Yes. The Viewmaster. The viewmaster. Right. You guys remember the Viewmaster? It's the toy. It's like the little thing with the eye holes, and you put in the little thing with the pictures, and you look at them in 3D. The plot has yet to be revealed and will probably still not be revealed when the movie is over. <laughs> But they're really failing at movie making if the script does not include the phrase, ah, today the view student has become the view master. (laughs) Um, They're clearly running out of toys to make movies about. We're really excited for the horror film Operation, (laughs) in which a bunch of children do surgery to remove all of a man's bones while he's still awake. I, I love that game. Everybody loves that game. When I was a game. kid, I had a big crying fit in a store over that game. Really? I, I you wanted, wanted that game so badly. Yeah. yeah. And I got it. I, when I did finally get it, um, not not during that tantrum, um, but uh, Santa Claus brought it to me, and uh, oh, I enjoy it. You know, it's not good for a kid with any kind of anxiety disorder. I got to well, say. Well, I was thinking about that. We, we, you yeah. and I are around the same age, and we had so many games when we were growing up. It's all the same principle. 
uh, don't let something bad happen. Right. Pull out a mm. pull yeah. out a straw without the marbles falling. Yeah. Yeah, get out a bone right. without the buzzer going off. Yeah. Do this without the. All don't let your mom catch you smoking. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. right. <laughs> and so the, 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 the lesson of our childhood was don't do anything. Yeah. You know. No, it did. Yeah. It was, I am. I. You know. I used to buy for my kids a lot of the games that we had when I was growing up were the ones that I coveted anyway. And I got for my kids one time the game Perfection. Yeah. Which is where you put these shapes inside a box, and if you can't get them all in, it goes bam! And, oh. and they all shoot out yes. the ones that you put right. in. <laughs> it was weird because if your kids messed it up and the pieces went everywhere, you're supposed to say dumbass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and they don't, they don't do that no, anymore. They don't. Well, that, that was yeah. actually in the rule. Oh, right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It was in the rule. You have to yeah. shout dumbass. Right. Yeah. And then spank them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then you had to say, you're not yeah. my child. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. That's oh why my I. God. <laughs> That's a great idea for a game, a, a, like a bad parenting board game. Right. Yeah. And, and you flip a card, and yeah, right. And, it says, and it's called dumbass. Yeah. I think it would fly that, off the show. That is such a great idea. I never raised you to be like that. <laughs> or must have get the wrong kid from the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I love this game! There's a corner of the game that's the timeout corner. Yeah. And someone can just be in there for the whole game. Because <laughs> you forgot about them. <laughs> oh, oh my god. You can land on the teacher's gonna call your mother. Yeah. Oh. And and whatever oh this is like okay, and whatever your score is, it's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, it's lightning fill in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at one triple eight. Wait, wait, that's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four, or click the contact us link on our website, waitwait.npr.org. There you can find out about attending our weekly live shows right here at the Chase Bank Auditorium in Chicago. You can also check out the new Wait Wait quiz on Alexa and Google Home. You can even win the ultimate prize, the voice of your choice on your voicemail. Just say, open the Wait Wait quiz. Hi, you are on Wait Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Sandra Purnell from Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, how are things up in Madison? Cold. Cold? They're cold, a little colder than they are in Chicago. What do you do there? Um, I'm a sous chef. You're at a sous the, chef. And, and, and do you work at some kind of restaurant? Uh, no, I actually work for the greatest bicycle company in Waterloo, Wisconsin. Really? Wait a yeah. minute. You're a sous chef at a bike place? Yeah. We serve great, healthy, tasty food to all of the employees. We are kind of out in the country. So it's great for them um, to not have to go look for good food. Right. Oh, Did, that's wonderful. Does, does everybody ride their bikes to work, I hope? Quite a few do, actually, sure. even in this weather. Do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sandra, welcome to the show. Bill Curtis is going to read for you three news-related limericks with a last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly and just do the limericks, you'll be a winner. You ready to play? Ready. Here is your first limerick. Smileys and thumbs up, we know these. They give letters and numbers a slow squeeze. The police are annoyed by cop poop tears of joy. My vanity plate has... Emojis. Yeah. Emojis! I knew you'd wow. get it. If you're a driver in Queensland, Australia, be on the lookout for new emoji 
vanity license plates. Gone are the days when you only had letters and numbers to reveal your narcissism to the world. <laughs> now you can throw in a laughing face, a hard eyes, smiley face, and eggplant. <laughs> in case you can't afford a Hummer, just put an eggplant and people will understand. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's nice that people can do that, you know, spice up their license plate, but it's going to make police chases really confusing. Attention all units, be on the lookout for a Honda Civic, plate number five, peach, thumbs up, crying emoji, hamburger, bagel, bagel. <laughs> Here is your next limerick. With blue diamonds, green clover, and cheer, your hangover helper is here. Our IPAs boast a sweet marshmallow to roast. It's our magical lucky charms. Black beer. Yes, <laughs> the correct response, <laughs> black, beer. black beer. If you're the type of person who hears beer and thinks Saturday morning, have we, <laughs> <laughs> have we got a product for you? It's an IPA made with pounds of lucky charms marshmallows in a new recipe that craft brewers are calling the end of our industry forever and <laughs> magically revolting. <laughs> Am I the only person who doesn't know what IPA means? No, I was just going to India ask. Pale Ale. It's a f kind of beer. It's like a genre of beer. It's a beer. genre <laughs> of beer. Okay. I don't like beer, um, but Clearly. if they made a Count Chocula really? beer, I would totally be into that. Really? Even a Captain how, Crunchberry. How about a Frankenberry beer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How about a Trix beer? That would be for kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here is your last limerick. Not a brunch, but a home for my raw toes. My shoes are like foods that a spa knows. The soles are almost like some golden brown toast. And the top is like mashed. I'm not getting it. Millennials like this on, mashed on top of toast. Avocado. Yes, yes avocado. Yes, yes. Apparently, you can now buy avocado toast shoes. What? That's, they cost $140 a pair, or the equivalent of two orders of avocado toast. <laughs> They're not really avocado toast. Their soles are brown like bread, and the shoes and the laces are wonderful green. Oh no, now they're brown too. <laughs> the, the shoes are gonna be quite the hit, because who doesn't see food and think feet? <laughs> you know what a good food would be to make into a uh, make into a shoe a foot long hot dog always the right size <laughs> Bill how did Sandra do in our quiz Sandra pulled it out with a 3 and 0 win wow congratulations thank you so much Sandra for playing guys love you bye Support for NPR comes from Newman's Own Foundation, working to nourish the common good by donating all profits from Newman's Own food products to charitable organizations that seek to make the world a better place. More information is available at newmansownfoundation.org. Now, onto our final game, Lightning Fill in the Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill in the blank questions as he or she can. Each correct answer now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Faith and Paula each have two. Tom has three. Ooh, Tom, yay. All right. We flipped a coin. Faith has elected to go first. So, Faith, fill in the blank. On Wednesday, the Florida bar said they were investigating a congressman's tweet threatening blank. <laughs> 
Michael Cohen. Right. On Sunday, the White House announced it was delaying a planned increase to the blanks on Chinese goods. Tariff. Right. This week, the House passed a bill calling for expanded blanks for gun buyers. Background checks. Right. This week, video streaming site Blank announced they were disabling the comments section on millions of videos. YouTube. Right. The furthest known object in outer space, known as Far Out, was replaced this week by an even further object known as Blank. Farther out. So close. Far, far out. <laughs> on Thursday, the director of the CDC said the center hadn't been aggressive enough in combating misinformation about blanks. Uh, vaccinations. Right. This week, Robert Kraft, the owner of the blank, was charged with soliciting prostitution. Yes, he was. Oh, the owner of the blank. Oh, the Patriots. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a thief in Pennsylvania trying to make a getaway was apprehended after he tried to outrun blank. The, uh, the police dogs? No, after he tried to outrun a running club. <laughs> <laughs> the thief, who had just stolen a laptop and cell phone, ran, ran right past a local lunchtime running club. Member Kyle Cassidy said they were, quote, really impressed by his speed. <laughs> they gave chase, eventually cornering the thief long enough for police to arrest him. He did manage to break out a week later, but... Fortunately for police, his escape route took him right past a local javelin throwing club. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, how did uh, Faith do in our quiz? She got six right. That's 12 more points with a total of 14 and the lead. <laughs> All right, Paula, you're up next. Fill yeah. in the blank. On Tuesday, the House passed a resolution to block President Trump's blank. Emergency declaration. Yes, the emergency declaration. On Thursday, the Attorney General of Israel announced he would indict blank on corruption charges. Netanyahu. Right. This week, Mark Harris dropped out of the contested congressional election in blank. North Carolina. Right. On Monday, Vice President Pence announced a new set of sanctions against Venezuelan President blank. Maduro. Right. To commemorate baseball player Manny Machado's record-breaking contract with the San Diego Padres, a memorabilia company is selling blank. Um, uh, 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 bobblehead dolls. No, scraps of the tablecloth he signed the contract on. Wow. Following an investigation, an officer in Florida has been suspended after he let two suspects blank. After he let two suspects uh, get away? No, after he let them make out in the back of his cop car. <laughs> the suspects were arrested on shoplifting charges and started making out immediately after being placed in the squad car, which is actually kind of impressive considering they were both handcuffed. Instead of stopping them, and this is completely true, the officer put on Barry White's Can't Get Enough of Your Love, Baby, <laughs> and let them enjoy themselves. The cop has been suspended because his actions clearly violate the ban on sexy and unusual punishment. <laughs> so, Bill, how did Paula do in our quiz? She got five right. Ten more points. A total of 12 and came close, but Faith still oh, has the lead. All right, so how many does Tom need to win? Six to win. Here we go, Tom. This is for the game. Fill in the blank. On Thursday, the Prime Minister of Pakistan said he would release a pilot from blank who was shot down. In India. The Kashmir reason, right? On Monday, a former campaign staffer for blank filed a lawsuit claiming that he kissed her without consent. Oh, Be Beto. No, for Donald Trump. Oh. This week, Britain's Labor Party said it would back the new referendum on blank. Brexit. Right. On Tuesday, a federal judge ruled that only requiring men to sign up for the blank was unconstitutional. Oh, the draft. Right. The, yeah. After spray painting racial slurs on a wall in Washington State, a group of vandals returned to the sa same spot and blanked. Cleaned it off. No, they spray painted sorry underneath the slurs. <laughs> this week, the Department of Justice said it wouldn't challenge the approval of AT&T's merger with blank. Oh, that was, was that Time Warner? Yes. This yes. week, a man in China is being sued after he threw coins into a blank for good luck. Um, he... 
he threw coins into a uh, public toilet. No, he threw coins into an airplane engine. Oh, jeez! <laughs> Pilots for the regional In airline. What world is that good luck? Well. <laughs> Pilots for the regional airline said they found some loose change near the plane's engine, and when they asked the passengers about it, one of them admitted, oh, he tossed in a few coins in there for good luck before takeoff. The airline is now suing him for $15,000. The man says just to make sure he has good luck, he'll throw a horseshoe at the judge during the trial. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, did Tom do well enough to win? Not quite. Four right, eight more points, total of 11. That means Faith is our winner this week. Congratulations, Faith. Thanks. In just a minute, we'll ask our panelists to predict what will be the big surprise at next year's Oscars ceremony. Thanks once again for Farmhouse Tavern for feeding us, and I gotta say, the Brussels sprouts may be better than the carrots. Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions, Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Gotica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our house manager is Tyler Green, assisted by Simon Tran and Mary D'Olio. Our interns are Alex McOwen and Rachel Klepper. Our web guru is Beth Novi. B.J. Liederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dornboss, and Lillian King. We recognize Peter Gwynn as president of Venezuela. Technical directors from Lorna White. Our business and ops manager is Colin Miller. Our production coordinator is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillog. The executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Michael Danforth. Now, panel, what will be the surprise at next year's Oscars? Faith Saley. Lady Gaga will come on stage, squat on top of a piano, and give birth to baby Gaga Cooper. <laughs> Tom Bodette. To the amazement and delight of my long-suffering wife, I will sit and watch it with her. <laughs> and Paula Poundstone. It will continue to be hostless, but next year the Academy Awards will also have no on-site recipients. Amazon will deliver their awards. Well, if that happens, panel, we'll ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Faith Saley, Tom Bodette, and Paula Poundstone. Thanks to all of you for listening. I am Peter Sagal. And we'll see you next week. This is NPR.